Hello, friends, and welcome to a belated edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. It's Thursday, I think. It is Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, I'm your host, Mark Heath. Um, and with me are two of the, the four kings, the third king, probably the second king, actually, overall. Andy Andy Hutch Warren is off. Um, his partner in crime, Stuart Watson, joins us, though, Stu. Good to see you. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks. Andy's my first king. Of course he that. is. He's everyone's first king. Stu's absolutely buzzing for the podcast today. Early this morning when I said we've got to do a podcast this afternoon, he went, oh, do we? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a little insight into, into Stu's mindset going into this podcast. But it, it is what it is. We go against you, and I'm sure you're going to be right on it today. A man who's always on it, and he's got hair all over his face as well. <laughs> Ross Halls, how are you? I'm good. I don't look like I'm on it. Um, if you're watching this on video, dearie me, look at the state of me. What what hole have I crawled out of? It's a, question, it's, a question, it's a question that's often asked. If you look at me, yeah. my hair, if you're watching on video, um, my hair is a complete mess. I am booked in, though, April the 12th, 12.30. This barnet is getting a bloody good trim. So, of course, you don't have those issues, um, which is which is good, I guess. Uh, but, boys, before we, we talk about football, Easter, Easter period. Stewie, you've got a young daughter. How much chocolate will be consumed over the next few days? Have you done or will you do an Easter egg hunt? How big of a deal is Easter in the Watson household? Uh, yes. Yeah, loads of chocolate. Easter egg hunt, all the traditions in amongst covering a feast of football as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. In amongst, in amongst travelling to Rochdale on Monday, which I'm sure is how you'd, you'd love to be spending your, your Easter bank holiday weekend. Um, Favourite chocolate, boys, quickly. Peanut M&M's got to be for me. God-tier chocolate. Uh, a double decker or a mm. boost. They're, Ooh, they're un- right up there for me. Bit of unsung, in there. unsung heroes there. They, they, they wouldn't be high on, on many people's list, but definite classics. Roscoe, well, you are obviously Jaffa cakes, but they don't really count yeah. as a chocolate. No. Um, salt caramel galaxy. Oh. Love a bit of salt caramel. I've been, very, yeah, I've been, yeah, very posh. <laughs> very posh for Roscoe. Um, right then, boys. First of all, we have to apologise to the Kawe Army. There was no show flagship show on monday because Stu and andy keep insisting on having time off it's an absolute liberty um and apparently i've got to give it them there are laws and everything so they went around we can't do a pod with just one of us it'd be shite um so yeah we have to wait until the boys are back the boys are back or at least one of them now so let's get into the football we're not going to talk about wigan because the game day extra time boys reversed we shuffled the squad there was a pod on monday about that i don't really want to talk about the game um all that needs to be said about that is we had a complaint from a listener to that pod that Matt said the word bollocks too many times. Um, I think that says all you need to know about the game. So, Stewie, what I want to start with and what I want to focus on today really is Mr Cook this morning. You had the pressers. um, And it's fair to say he's given us a lot more than the uh, Mr Lambert used to. Uh, He was quite verbose this morning, Stewie. Lots Lots of topics to cover. Where do you want to start? Can I start by just rewinding to, to the Wigan thing? I like the no. idea that I, I dedicated so many hours of my life travelling to Wigan and back for it to be a footnote of, that was a bit shit, move on. <laughs> Left my house at half eight, got back at midnight after That's... a horrendous journey back, then sat up for another three hours. Then the clocks went, I was still writing at 1am. And then what? the clock suddenly jumped forward to two and Andy texted me and went, oh yeah, the clocks go forward. Um, all to write a load of stuff about a game that, will instantly be erased from from everybody's memories so um good times <laughs> Stu, I, know, I, I did note by the way when I, when I looked at that the next morning your Stu says went up at 3 11 a.m now normally that would be time bomb for six but i did wonder if you just put it there at that time deliberate 
as a pointed reminder that that's what time you're writing it. Was that the case? Um, that might have been the case, yes. <laughs> was someone in a bit of a strop at the time, Stu? Were you having a little bit of a... A little bit of a, uh, a wobble. I was tired. It was it was three a.m. I thought, do you know what? Does it matter if it goes up now, or if it goes up in three hours' time? If anything, give it to the U.S. market. Exactly. And we know that there's some U.S. listeners. Exactly. Here, so overseas. There you overseas go. Picks. Insight, um, Stewie. I, I I meant no offence. Uh, I know that you had a long day. As I say, you insisted on taking time off as a result. So there's your reward for that. Um, unless you've got anything you specifically want to talk about from Wigan. I suggest we jump right into Mr. Cook. Where you go yeah. then? Okay. Mr. Cook, on you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul, Paul Cook's press conferences are certainly from a media perspective and I'm sure for, for fans reading and watching a lot more enjoyable than Paul Lambert's. Um, he's very open. He's very transparent. I get the feeling that he tries not to be. He goes into all of these with the intention of of saying what he wants to say, not giving too much away. But he just can't help himself. He just, uh, you know, he'll, uh, he just he keeps talking and talking, and more comes out. So, um, I guess the theme of this morning's one was he wanted to focus very much on to tell everybody this is all about the last ten games. It's all about the short term plan of getting in those playoffs, and there's still an opportunity here for us to get promoted, despite the, the lack of wins, despite the lack of goals. It's still there for us. But there is excitement to come in the medium to long term. And uh, he guarantees supporters there's going to be an exciting, vibrant summer of change, um, which people will read all sorts into. Um, but kept bringing it back to it's about the short term. It's the here and now. If we don't make the playoffs, I'll have been a failure this season. So um, that's that's a flavour of what Mr Cook had to say this morning. I did enjoy this morning, Stu. Um, there were some quotes that went out very early this morning on the club website uh, with Leo Neal talking about this new approach to recruitment, um, looking at data and stats and stuff like it was a newfangled thing. Um, quite odd. So odd that at first I thought it might have been an April Fool's and they were going to go, well, obviously that's what we already do because I don't know if someone literally has just watched Moneyball and thought, oh, we should do that. Um, and kind of 25 years after the fact, we've decided that's what town should do. What was what was your take on that, Stewie? It was, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? I mean, so many clubs are already doing that. I don't know why Chan would be trumpeting the fact they're not. Sorry, I just got distracted by two pigeons at it. On oh, lovely. In my garden. <laughs> really quite violently as well. Sorry, that's quite a distraction. Um, yeah, you said about the money ball thing to me earlier. It did feel yeah. a bit like, like we found this newfangled thing called called data analysis. For, yeah, for there's this thing called um, football manager. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, of course, we've heard all this before. In when Hearst first took over, it was all about sports science. Sports science was this newfangled thing that they'd kind of found, and we're gonna we're gonna get with the modern program and, and really invest in that. And then they brought in um, Chris Winder, who's um, you know he was going to sort of head up all this new sports science thing, and they were going to be aligning themselves with Suffolk University. And that's not really transpired, is it? That's not really, we've not seen sort of any uplift in terms of the injuries. If anything, they've got worse. So, I think fans will treat this with the with the same sense of uh, healthy scepticism and, and cynicism at the moment. Now then, Ross, you're very sceptical, as everyone will know. What did, what did you make of uh, what did you make of that? It was a bit odd, wasn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, I don't know if you really need to announce that as a thing you're just starting. Um, yeah. as you said, you know we should have been doing this a couple of years ago. Um, mm. But 
yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it's almost, it almost like going, hey, hey, everyone, we're miles behind the times, but we just realised we are, and, and now we're going to do something about it. Um, just going back to the pigeons, raucously at it, Stewie, I, I, mm. I'm hoping now we're going to get someone using Photoshop to... Um, <laughs> to put faces on pigeons, we might that might be quite interesting. One of the KOA army, I know there. There's some interesting Photoshop's we've had before. There's a challenge for you. Um, I've just got also... to correct myself before we move on. It's Nathan Winder who was uh, the Winder. sports science guy, and he's now gone on to uh, to Sheffield United. He's probably one of the men that's keeping David McGoldrick fit mm. at this moment in time. Obviously, doing a, yeah. doing an excellent job. Yeah, and uh, Ipswich. Meanwhile, I've got Jim Henry up on gardening leave up in Scotland. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how this recruitment stuff pans out. I think Paul Cook has very been gathering from what people have told me and what he said at the press conference. I think he's quite traditional in terms of the way he recruits. He's admitted himself, even at Wigan, which was his last job, he was sceptical of um, recruitment rooms um, and had to kind of be convinced up at Wigan, but was ultimately convinced that, that that's what you need in modern football these days. So um, how much they fully commit to that here and, and crucially what that looks like, what what data sources uh, they use, um, who they employ to use them. Um, that's going to be very interesting to see. Mm. One of the other things I thought was interesting this morning, Stuart, from Cook, which is a theme that also came up when you, when you spoke to Gwion Edwards, um, was, was sort of the team's mentality. Ross has left. He's just left. Brilliant. Ross <laughs> has just walked off. Amazing. Put himself on mute was about the team's mentality um, and potential weakness, uh, and he came at it from a, from a different approach. For me, he says, "Imagine what a little positivity, what a little cuddle, what a little love would do for them. That might help the situation over the final ten games." But fans want to say what fans want to say. I'm sure that a high percentage of them are totally behind these players now. They know that we could get promoted this year. That's what we'll concentrate on. So there you go, Stu. The reason that town are so mentally fragile is because no one's been giving them a hug. What do you make to that? Mm. Um, I think Paul Cook sees exactly what we're all seeing. I think his true thoughts have come out in the post-match press conferences in that immediate aftermath where emotions are high. He's come out and talked about the players not being mentally strong enough. He's, he's done that on, on more than one occasion. I think he's got... Uh, this squad's number quite quickly. He said, you know, he said about learning quite a lot from last week, where he tried to put on the double sessions. Um, come the second day of that, they went to do the afternoon session on the Tuesday and just said that they weren't the players weren't able to replicate what they'd done the previous day. And by all accounts, the same happened again on the Wednesday, and that they were sent home um, at lunchtime. So he, he's talked about learning a lot, but I think a lot of those things he needs to keep private at the moment because he knows that in the short term he's got to work with these players and there still is a major opportunity to get promoted this season. It's, at the minute, that looks like an absolute pipe dream. We've talked about them potentially not, probably not making the playoffs in terms of their form, in terms of wins, in terms of not scoring goals. But I look around the rest of the division and so many other teams are, are faltering and stuttering as well. So, um it could all change this Easter weekend. So he's right to kind of focus on the short term. And if that means that he's got to um, try and put a bit of belief back into these squad of players and say certain things to them that he doesn't necessarily believe um, for the time being, he's got to, uh, to try and make that happen. But 
yeah, I, I think um, his true his true thoughts have been coming out in these post match ones, and then and then he comes around to a few days later when things have settled down. He's worked with them a bit, and then he has really? to try and sort of whip up the positive vibes again as you as you head into the next game. Have you got any insight with because that training thing was something that, that worried me last week, not being able to do two training sessions a day. Have you got any insight into into the background to that? We know, for example, when Paul Hurst was here, that they weren't great fans of running, um, and there were there was issues around that. So is it is it kind of that they're not physically able to do it? Are they not fit enough, or they're deemed that it's too much of an injury risk, or has it been a little bit of a shock to the system for them? Do you know? Um, it's very hard to say because this season is so different to any other because of the the way the fixtures have come thick and fast, a truncated season because of COVID. So um, maybe double sessions, trying to do double sessions this deep into a season like this was naive, maybe, um, optimistic at best. I know people will say that footballers should be able to to do a couple of training sessions in a day. They should have that sort of natural fitness built up because mm. of the season. But if it had been any other normal season, I think that would be major alarm bells there and you're right you know that that was again a theme going back to Paul Hurst and a lot of the things that Paul Cook is saying is is not massively different to Paul Hurst who came in and talked about changing the culture of the club and getting Mm. to be fitter and telling a few home truths and and look how that panned out so um, it's certainly something that recruitment and fitness are two two major major areas that need to be looked at this summer and and um i think paul cook's uh, seen that already mm. roscoe you're back now you vanished for a second there what was, <laughs> what was all that about doorbell delivery and i hate to do the royal mail you know having to get it sent back and it was sasha's you know package so i had to get it make sure to quickly answer the doorbell so they were just about to leave and they went here we go so sorry about that i just wanted to quickly run off i didn't want to interrupt your fantastic you, speech. You, you, all right, less of that. Um, <laughs> so Sasha's package has been secured. Um, Dewey also spoke to Guion Edwards this morning. Um, oh, I say spoke to. I mean, Guion just just tried out pretty much the same line for about ten minutes about how we're just concentrating on the playoffs. But one of the, one of the things in there uh, was again about mentality, and he said that I don't think it's fair to criticise the players. We've all worked very hard. Etc. Etc. Uh, and he also talks about his contract, Rossi. You weren't part of the the contract chat that we had last week. I think it was. I've kind of lost track. The brutally honest contract discussion. Um, he says that there's been no discussion as yet. He, him and all the other players that are out of contract know that they're playing for their futures. Um, Guion, obviously, we know is your boy. Would you give him a? Would you look to to bring him back? Um, I think if we. Yeah, yeah, I was going to try to say something smart there, but yeah, yeah, I'll say so. I think if we're going to still be in League One, I think which, he, which we are, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I feel he'll he'll add to what we need, and I think that is one position we we lack at the moment with wingers. So I think if we got rid of him, I know I'm sure Paul Cook is going to be looking at the area to improve in anyway. But I think you know money was spent on Guion. He's proven he can score if he plays on left wing. Um, so he needs to show Paul Cook these next 10 games that he can get more assists, score some more goals, because I still want him to be top goal scorer because of my my punt at the early of the season. Um, so I think, he, I think yeah, maybe 
depends what his future he wants. He may want a long-term contract, though. He may not just want a one-year deal because maybe that's what the club will give him, maybe one year. So, yeah, it depends if he's got any offers on the table himself. So. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I had him down as a yes in our little thumbs up, thumb downs chat last weekend. The performance mm. at Wigan was almost one that would would make me change that that decision. It's certainly, if if more of those performances are replicated, I would be leaning more towards the. Uh, he's another one to uh, to put on the um, complete reset pile because um, he did not have a good day at, at Wigan, along mm. with a lot of others. He spoke also to you about. Um, the new way that Cook wants him to play. He says he wants me to come inside a lot and and create two-on-ones overlaps with the full-backs. Um, and he was also asked about playing right-back as well, which is, uh, I guess, potential. Kind of said, oh, we don't know about the team yet, but I'll do that. Obviously, I'll, I'll play wherever, wherever, wherever Mr. Cook wants. But um, have you seen any any sign of... of Cook kind of putting his imprint on this team yet? Stu, we've we've been six games in. We know what he wants. Has he has he had much of an impact in that respect? Would you say? Yeah, yes, I have, but only in only in patches. I think the first first twenty minutes against Plymouth. Um, who was it? The game afterwards, and we talked about twenty minutes becoming a forty minute performance in the Portsmouth was game. It? Portsmouth. Uh, losing track they're all blurring into one but there's there's been spells in in games where we've seen the the Paul Cook ideals of being higher up the pitch the buzzwords is we you know we're, we're hearing him during the game and people mm. can hear it on a eye follow you, you it sounds like he's playing play your cards right it's just higher 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 Teddy <laughs> higher Andre and his sort of gravelly Liverpudlian voice that sort of changes as he speaks. So he wants them to play higher. He wants them to play on the front foot. He wants them to, to be more aggressive. Um, lots of crosses into the box. Fullbacks playing virtually as wingers and, and getting ahead on the overlap. I think the chance just before half halftime um, uh, when Kane Vincent Young went off injured was was really the sort of chances that he wants to see Ipswich creating where the fullback sort of gets beyond on yeah. the overlap and, and gets in a cross low low inside the box. So we've, we've seen it in, in fits and starts, um, but not not consistently, not from half to half, not from game to game. So mm. I don't know what it, whether that's going to be different personnel, the team being fitter, um, various elements that go into that in order for them to be able to produce it on a more mm. consistent basis. We'll talk about about Kane Vincent Young and potentially a shift in formation when we when we get on to the, um, the look ahead to the Easter weekend after the strike, which we'll go on to in a minute. The, the other thing we should mention, of course, this morning, Stu, was there was a bit of an update on futures of a couple of players, Emir Hughes and Luke Thomas, who we haven't really seen or are expecting to depart. Um, and it, it certainly seems that that's going to happen, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, Paul Cook's mentioned a couple of times that the club will make some announcements on those two in due course. Neither have been involved in in matchday squads for some time now. As looking back, I don't think Emir has, has been in a matchday squad since uh, mid-January time because he scored the winner against Burton just before Christmas, didn't he? And uh, mm. we thought it, he was the one that had the first symptoms of COVID and kind of sparked the, the COVID scare. It turned out he didn't actually have COVID. He obviously just had sort of cold-like symptoms and, and the others all went down with it. But um, he's barely featured since then. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that, that he's, uh, his time is coming to an end. So 
Um, I think it will be a matter of sort of sooner rather than later that some sort of an announcement on on his situation comes out. Um, Luke Thomas has only played, I think, four starts, one sub appearance since arriving on loan from Barnsley. Again, hasn't been in match day squads recently. There is some that loan hasn't been terminated, um, but he has gone away from from Ipswich at the moment for some personal reasons, which is which will be down to to him and the club to to announce that when they, when they feel is ready. So it's not completely impossible that he comes back and has a role to play before the end of this season. But um, I would say that's, that's higher than likely from what, from what we're hearing. Okay. All right. That's the roundup done. Um, this is a KOA light really, because uh, today has been very busy. Easter week generally is a nightmare with time off and, and two games to prepare for and a short week and clocks going forward, all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be a shorter show today, but we're still going to bring you the same little interlude of, of brightness into your life, courtesy of the bearded wonder, Ross Halls. Take it away, Ross. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike. Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer... Ross. Happy Easter, everybody. Welcome to a strike Easter special. Um, done some research, had to use the Google calendar to know when Easter falled every year to um, get this correct. So, um, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a promising start. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've tried my best to bring you some good facts fun facts so are you both ready born ready okay yes i think so i um i will make sure that i will know my middle name this time because that was uh oh dear that was not good was it uh well, it but anyway was, it was very good a lot of people actually said it was one of their favorite moments ever my wife said that uh, it made her laugh out loud while she was running so there you go that's the sort of joy that you bring into people's life ross well, you, you do know before we proceed that Easter doesn't fall on the same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day I know. Every I know. Year. Okay, I know. That's there. why. That's why I had to Google it. There is like a, a thing that shows Easter weekend, or Easter Sunday as a whole, from the 1700s to 2099. There is, you know, <laughs> the calendar's sorted by then. So yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah, in 1993, uh, question one. Uh, different format as well as these are specials the normal format blast from the past and flashback is not involved so uh, yes in 1993 town lost 2-1 at Blackburn on Easter Monday which was live on Sky Sports but which player scored an own goal that day um, so who scored an own goal against Blackburn was it Phil Whelan Gavin Johnson or Vladio Bonzinitsky <laughs> what who <laughs> Vladio Bonzanowski. That's, that's right. That's, that's the one. That's the proper one. Bonzanowski. I honestly don't know if that <laughs> that doesn't sound right to me. But there you go. Um, Gavin Johnson. I honestly didn't know. I don't know what a Vladio Bonz, Bonzanowski is. <laughs> no. Have you just made I've, that up? I've never <laughs> heard of him. <laughs> he, he signed the same. Um, I think the same week as Boncho. So oh, did he? Okay. You're, you're yeah. old friend. Old friend. Right, I'm yeah. going to say him. Was it Vladio? Yeah, no, it's, it was Phil, uh, Phil Whelan. Oh, fucking. So, so, yeah, there we go. Um, so, yeah, my first Easter Monday 
saw the Blues, so back in 1997, uh, saw the Blues lose 2-1 at Grinsby. Uh, which town player was also sent off in that game? Was it James Scowcroft, Neil Gregory, or Danny Sonner? Your first Easter. Um, it's a wee I'm nipper. Gonna, a wee nipper. Um, I'm going to say Danny Sonner. Um, this is where Hutch would, would be destroying us. Oh, yeah. His, this, his sort of era. Um, I'm going to say Danny Sonner, because you said it in your... It was um, James Scowcroft, actually. Oh, this is dreadful. This is <laughs> this is just a replication of the town at Wigan. It's going to be a nil-nil list. <laughs> Awful. Um, fun fact, the year before, on Easter Monday in 1996, the Blues lost 3-1 at Grinsby and had a player sent off too. Which player was it? <laughs> was it James Scowcroft again, Tony is Vaughan, it... or Mauricio Tirico? This is the year before. Yep. They lost against Grinsby again on Easter Monday, oh, this time no. 3-1. Um, could it be? No, I'm going to say Tariko. Um, What were the other options? Scowcroft or Tony Vaughan? Tony Vaughan. It is Tony Vaughan. <laughs> there's finally a goal. There's a shot on target and there's a goal. And Tony Vaughan scores it. <laughs> Tony Vaughan gets it. On Easter Monday... In 2002, the top tier of the North Stand was used for the first time as the Blues drew 0-0 with Chelsea. But who missed the penalty for town in that game? Was it Tommy Miller, Marcus Stewart or Marcus Bent? Uh, as you say, if Hutch was here, he'd be about 4 up now. I'm going to say uh, Marcus Bent. Uh, the others didn't miss... Too many pens, did they? Tommy uh, Miller never missed a penalty, did he? So it can't be him. No, I mean, oh, it could be him, Stu. Absolutely could be him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say Ben as well on that basis. And it is Marcus Ben. Ah! <laughs> so 2-1. Going into the final question, and then we've got a tiebreaker. Now, who scored Town's goal in the 1-1 draw with Birmingham City as Town were relegated to League One on Easter Monday? Was it my boy Gwion Edwards, Caden Jackson, or Colin Quainer? Uh, well, Stu should know this because this was obviously a game that he was at. Uh, what was it? Who's the play who's, Birmingham? Yeah, who's, who scored? Who scored for town that day? I was going to go first, obviously, because you, you know this. I, I vaguely remember it being Quainer, but games just blend into one. So I'll say Quainer. Quainer and who are the other two? Jackson or my boy. You know the rest. Yeah, uh, I think it is Quainer, isn't it? No, it's actually Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's an insight into what covering so a team. So many memorable moments. <laughs> so many games, they just merge into one. Definitely so, that season. Stu, uh, Stu wins 2-1. Yeah, that I do was, have a tiebreaker if you want to. of us just doing head tennis backwards and forwards, sort of misplaced passes, yeah. moans and groans, and I, I've scrambled, I've scrambled one in. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do the tiebreaker, Ross, just because you've, you've gone to the, the extent of, of putting one together? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so we mentioned uh, good old Hughes earlier. Um, good old he scored, Hughes. He scored that memorable volley against Newcastle on Easter Monday in 2017. But who crossed the ball for oh. the volley? Was it Freddie Sears, Brett Pittman or good old Jordan Spence? 
Halcyon Day. Seems a long time ago, doesn't it? Um, I'm gonna say. Go on. I would say Freddie Sears. You. Well, it came up the right hand side. I remember the cross because Emir sort of arrived at the at the back stick, didn't he, uh, in front of the north stand. So I'm gonna say Jordan Spence. And you're both wrong. It's actually Brett Pittman, surprisingly. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's the single... Last... Sorry, that's the last time Ipswich won over an Easter weekend. I Is it? it wow. Long... Yeah. And what a win yeah, that do, was. Do a win. Everything mm. seemed so rosy at that point. Emir was scoring, Town beat Newcastle. It was brilliant. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that might be, the, in terms of our performance, Stu, probably the worst strike there has ever been. Um, it... it, it we need the quality of Hutch for the strike, I think. I think it shows. Um, there you go. Ross, take it away. Well, I just want to, um, for video, you won't be hearing the jingle, but I just want to quickly do a, a, a couple of seconds silence here for Barry Cotter. Uh, of course, he's recently left the club. So if we can have a little uh, three-second silence, please. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, best of luck to good old Barry. And um, here we go for the outro. Hi guys, Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. There we go. Good old Baz. There we go. Right then, boys. Um, we're at 28 minutes. I want to get this done by 35 minutes. We've got to talk about Easter weekend, Stewie. And we've got to start with some injury news. Kane Vincent Young. Well, I say injury news. It wasn't really news, was it? It was just a... How would you describe it this morning? There was no real update, was there? Apart from that Town have got more injuries. Yeah, I don't think Paul Cook's going to be giving too much away on injuries. Um, he's someone that wants to just talk sort of in vague terms about those in terms of not giving too much away. So um, didn't want to say too much about the hamstring problem that forced Kane off, which obviously is a, is a major, major blow. That was a, a, a gamble, a risk that backfired, putting him into the starting lineup. So didn't give an update on that and just said, we've actually got a couple more injuries as well that I don't really want to reveal at this moment in time. So who we are, we don't know. Um, Ollie Hawkins could come back in into the reckoning. He's obviously uh, been out for a while following knee surgery. He was on the bench last weekend, unused, played for the 23s on, on Monday. Um who else have we got? James Wilson missed the game with a with a knee problem. I think he had a bit of fluid drained off the knee. I think that was touch and go whether he would have been available for next week uh, for last weekend. So he could well come back in into the equation. Um, the others are sort of the longer term ones: Flynn Downs, John Nolan, mm. um, Luke Matheson. I think is still struggling with with an unspecified injury as well. Um, so we'll see who these um, mystery other couple of players are that have, that have picked up injuries. But mm. well, clearly they're playing the, the bottom two sides in, in the league. Six points, you would think, is the only thing that is acceptable at this point for town. But to do that, Roscoe, they've got to find a way of scoring goals because they are toothless. So they need to find some bite. So how do you reckon they do that? Do they consider going four four two and sticking... Caden up top with with Norwood is that something you would think about doing? Yeah, definitely because the other formation I know that's Paul Cook's favourite formation that's what he uses a lot during his other spells in management. But just at the moment, I we haven't got the players who can play that 
formation really. Um, I think Troy Parrott's back in it because he's been in, for Ireland, in the, you know, for their qualifiers. Um, so he then adds that extra body there. But yeah, I feel like we just need to go with two up front mm. for the rest of the season, and then he can go back to his favorite uh, favorable formation you know in the summer when he can bring his own players in so yeah I think that's the way we're going to hopefully create and score more goals is hope for play it two up front but it can also may not happen either maybe the players are just not good enough to to create goals so yeah I mean Cook spoke after Wigan didn't he Stu he said that um he's, he's he really wants to give Caden a, a run in that in that position but it's not something that he his teams have played traditionally mm. yeah we're getting kind of a stream of consciousness from from Paul Cook and both after the Portsmouth and the Wigan game he said listen lads I'm really tempted to get Caden Jackson and James through the middle alongside James Norwood I'm sure he's looked at it and the last time Ipswich was scoring goals consistently was the start of last season with with those two up front together Um, I think we all know now that Caden is much better suited to a to a two up front than, than trying to lead the line on his own James Norwood is has proven that he will score goals. I think he's ticking along quite nicely at a goal every two games at the moment, but it's it's the supply line, which is, is the problem. He's tried every combination of three players in behind at, at different stages now. So I wonder now whether this is the tipping point for him to go, do you know what? I'm going to sacrifice the extra body in midfield and go with two up front. Or you said it could be 4-4-2. It could also be wing-backs, you know, which, which enables you to keep the three in midfield. Um it gives you the chance to play two up front, um, puts a big strain on those playing wing backs. But you, you mentioned there the Guion Edwards interview where he was asked about the prospect of playing right back, which I believe has been a discussion uh, along mm. the way since Paul Cook's arrived. Um, whether we see Guion Edwards back in a, in a wing back position, which we've, uh, we've which we've seen him play before, you never know. <laughs> Ross, not a big fan of that looking at his face. <laughs> those of you oh. just listening, that's a no from you, Ross. No, I just no. He's he's just the thing with Edwards. He's good going forward. He's he's creative. Well, somewhat not the last few months, mm. but he can't defend. He can't tackle. He, the amount of yellow cards and bookings he got. So that's that's a fear of mine. He could easily get sent off, and we'll be losing a man. So win backs. I've never really been a big fan of it. Only use it if you've got players to to play there. But if he goes with that that route, then yeah, we'll see what happens. Edwards, to use a term that my late. Dear Grandad used to say, uh, weighs seven stone, piss wet through, I think. So I'm not sure that physicality lends itself to defending in League One, but we'll see maybe. Stewie, am I right in saying that anything other than six points is a, is a massive disappointment for town this weekend? I think so, yeah. Um, the picture could change massively. Paul Cook's right, win these two games, back in the playoffs, and suddenly it will seem all back on again. You're playing the bottom two teams back to back. This is a... You have to target two wins. You have to. Uh, Bristol Rovers haven't won. I was just looking. They haven't won away from home since early December. They've lost 16 of their last 22 games. It's a club where there's a real losing mentality that, that's crept in there. So back at home tomorrow after a, a lot of uh, miles on the road, got to get the weekend off to a winning start and then take that in into Monday um, up at Rochdale, their bottom Yes, people will say it's not great to be playing teams that are scrapping for their lives at this stage of the season, but they're they're bottom and second bottom for a reason this deep into the season. If mm. Ipswich have got any ambitions of of getting into the playoffs and ultimately doing something in those playoffs, got to be winning these games. Mm. Absolutely. And Bristol Rovers' defensive record is not good. I've just had the pleasure of writing leaking gas 
in print due as a headline. Um, pat myself on the back for that. Absolutely superb. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us a prediction then, Stu. Tomorrow, Bristol Rovers, what are you saying? Um, 2-0. You think Town are going to score twice? Bloody hell. Yeah, I, I thought it, I said it, and now I'm going to commit to it. <laughs> now you commit to it. Roscoe, what are you saying? Mm. <laughs> uh, it's hard, you know. It's actually getting harder now to predict because, you know, early in the season you, you sort of chuck out random scores here and there, but I don't... Oh, I just It's not going to be great, I don't think. Um, definitely after the last few games. 1-0 town. Why not? 1-0 town. We got there in the end. And then Monday, Stu, for your trip to Rochdale, you may have snow as well, I'm, I'm hearing. Might be snow on Easter Monday. Grim up north with some snow at Rochdale. Can I get you to predict that as well? Yeah, nice trip to Rochdale. I keep thinking, do you know what? We've broken the back of all these trips. We've done a Tuesday night in Fleetwood. We've done a Tuesday night in Hull. We've done a Tuesday night in Accrington. We've got Wigan out the way. And then I go, oh, yeah, next weekend we're going to Rochdale. It's glamorous. Um, uh, I think uh, I think they'll win there as well. So you're saying, I, you're yeah. saying six points? Yeah, I'm saying six points. But I did do the predictions for the last 11 games last week where I had them down for a draw at Wigan. I had them down for wins in these next two. But I did still ultimately have them falling short of the playoffs. Hmm. So... Um, yeah, that's why these two have, you know, they could win these next two and still not do it. So that, this is why these two have got to be must win, I think, to stand mm. any chance. And Stewie's saying they will win them. Roscoe, you're saying they'll win against Bristol. Are they going to win at Watchdale as well? No, I think it's going to be the same <laughs> as the Wigan game. I think you're going to have a lovely day in Rochdale and seeing a, a goalless draw. So enjoy. A nil-nil in the snow in Rochdale. And then next week, Stu will say, well, we're not even going to talk about that either. I spent, I spent, I spent tw- 24 hours of my life in Rochdale. It was a complete waste of time. Is that what you're telling me? Mm. <laughs> uh, okay, then, boys. Um, that's been a very quick K-Way light. I- I'm sorry it's shorter than normal. Clearly, um, this week has been a challenge from a staffing and workload perspective, but it's really important that we got one pod out to you ahead of the Easter weekend. And as I say, the game day pod, uh, Extra Time Posse was out on Monday this week just so we could bring you something from the weekend. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already, unless... You're offended by the term bollocks, in which case, please don't. Or maybe hum when that, when, that, when Matt is profaning all over the place. Thanks very much for listening. Um, we'll take our leave. Have a great Easter. Eat lots of chocolate. Fingers crossed it will be six points for town. And we'll speak to you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
www.mentoriadoom.com slash channel.